0: Hello friends, welcome back to session two of the end of Spectator Church. Uh, we're working from my book by the same title, uh, "The End of Spectator Church: Answering God's Call to Full Engagement." I grew up as a church spectator, and uh, it wasn't until I had, you know, an experience with the Lord, with the power of the Spirit of God, that I began to understand that um, church is not just a spectator sport; it's not just for observation. Uh, But God put something into us so that he can get something out of us. Jesus said, freely you have received freely give and some people think you know depending on their background they thought well if you're really going to serve God you've got to be a priest or a nun or a monk or something or you know different groups have different categories of how people serve but my premise my proposition for this and way more important than my premise or my proposition is that I believe the Bible teaches that every single Christian has not only a purpose but that God gives them unique spiritual gifts for the for the fulfilling of that purpose, and uh, we in the last session we looked at First Peter, uh, where Peter said, "As each one of you, uh, each one of you has received a gift out of God's great variety of His spiritual gifts," and he said, "And use those to serve." One another. So, what are we doing to serve one another? Uh, you know, inside the church, outside of the church, with a title, without a title, uh, with a position, without a position. And I, I really think we should endeavor to do all of that. Um, you know, not just say, well, I just serve God informally when I want to, but, you know, we, we can also serve God regularly through discipline channels and, you know, different outreaches. And ministries within the church but then then also in addition to uh, not in place of but then we serve God spontaneously and informally as different needs arise and things of that nature. But Peter basically introduces us to two distinct categories of serving God. He said, do you have the gift of speaking? And then he asked the question, do you have the gift of helping others? And I am certainly sure that many people have both. Types of gifts. Um, but um, I think the reason he wanted to delineate this is because some people tend to think, well, I'm not a preacher, therefore I can't really serve God. And I just want to go on record right now saying this there are thousands of ways to serve God. Without ever teaching a lesson or preaching a sermon, you know things of that nature. So we don't want people feeling excluded because you know they don't feel like they can get up and preach a message or or that type of thing. There are many ways that we simply serve God through actions of service and actions of kindness and actions of mercy. Uh, but I just want us all to understand from what Peter said. That we are to serve God either verbally, non-verbally, or in many cases, both. And we want to jump to something that the Apostle Paul said. Now, uh, Peter was a much simpler man than Paul was. Uh, Peter was a common fisherman uh, with probably minimal education. Um, he may have been very street smart, um, but uh, Paul was one of those highly academic guys that spoke multiple languages, that had tons of education, and e- Peter even said at the end of Second Peter uh, that some of the things Paul writes are are difficult to understand. You know, so um, you know we don't all of Christianity is not hyper intellectual. Um, you know, God really delights in simplicity. Jesus said, "Unless you receive the kingdom of God as a little child, you know, you're you're not going to be able to receive it." But Paul did teach at a deeper level than Paul uh, than Peter did. Um, he had extensive theological training but you know what we need all of it we need the simple we need the in-depth we need the milk of the word we need the meat of the word and what the Apostle Paul did in Romans chapter 12 was he took the basic premise that Peter had introduced Peter remember this from first Peter chapter 4 he said God has given each of you see everybody's included God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And then he said, do you have the gift of speaking? Do you have the gift of helping others? Now, Paul in Romans chapter 12 is going to take that same premise and he's going to expand on it quite a bit and put a lot more meat on the bones, so to speak. Let's pick up with Paul in Romans chapter 12 verse 4 Paul says in Romans twelve four, for as we have many members in one body but all the members do not have the same function and that is rich we have many members now you may be sitting in a small group right now with six or seven other people um, you may be watching this sometimes on a video and you're totally by yourself. You may be watching this sometime if somebody ever shows it in a larger setting where there may be dozens of people around you. But the reality is um, we can all have a personal relationship with God, but none of us were really meant to have a relationship with God that was exclusively individualistic. Um, part of this is because of this great variety of spiritual gifts Paul goes on to say so we being many are one body in Christ notice there's a a, a sense of unity uh, but there's also a sense of plurality We're all individuals, but we're all supposed to be connected to one another in the body of Christ. We being many are one body in Christ and individually, you know, there's the individual element, but we're not individually to be isolated. We're individually members of one another. So if we're going to live a, a life that is biblically prescribed and spirit led, uh, we are not going to be hyper isolationistic, hyper individualistic. We, we are individuals, but we're individually members of one another. And then he says, having then gifts differing. So he picks up on the same theme that Peter did. Peter talked about God's great variety of spiritual gifts. Paul says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So I just think the Bible, both between the apostle Peter and the apostle Paul, they make it so clear that everybody has a gift. But we don't all have the same gift. I mean, if you just think, take this concept and apply it in the natural world, you know, let's not even think about the church for a minute. Let's just think about the natural world. What if every worker in the United States workforce was a plumber? Well, we'd have great toilets, we'd have great pipes and that type of thing. But what happens when you need an electrician? What happens when you need an auto mechanic? What happens when you need you know, somebody to help get some weeds out of your yard? Or what happens when you need a doctor? What happens when you need a lawyer, uh, a mechanic, Uh, any number of types of things? Not everybody can be a plumber. We need plumbers, but we need all kinds of other people with all kinds of gifts. Now, obviously, I'm just speaking naturally, but spiritually, Really, the church operates the same way. You know, the same God who who created a, a, an orderly universe also created what is supposed to be an orderly church. And so let's look at that first part again. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. So we... As we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. That's pretty important there. All the members do not have the same function. I'm quoting from the New King James Version here. Um, When you stop and think about that, just that one word, the word same, is so important. Because... What if, Paul said something different here. What if he said, we have many members in one body, but not all the members have a function. We have many members in one body, but not all the members have a function. Well, now we've got a totally different uh, line of thought that we're working with. Because what he said was, we have many members in one body, but we don't all have the same function, implying that we all have a function, we just don't have the same function I mean wouldn't the world and even the church wouldn't it be a boring place if we were all identical if we all had the exact same skills and the exact same gifts and and talents Uh, God spread these things around so you know just like you look at the animal kingdom and the variety you look at the plant kingdom the the You know the different vegetables the different flowers you know um, God is the source of all things but there's there's room for some variety and the same is true of the gifts that we have but what if Paul had said we have many members in one body but not all the members have a function well this would totally, you know, mess up this small group and the content of what we're trying to communicate because if it said that then I couldn't say, "Hey, you're sitting there with your group of 8 people or how five or nine or 10 or six or whatever and and some of you have a gift but some of you don't. Some of you have a function but some of you don't." Some of you have a way that you can serve and help the body of Christ, but some of you don't. Some of you, you have no usefulness, you have no purpose, God has no design for your life, because we have many members in one body, but only some of us have a function. Boy, wouldn't that, I would hate having to teach that. I don't think you'd like to hear it either because so many people deal with insecurities and things like that. Well, I can't preach like this person, so, you know, I, I, I must not have any usefulness to God. Listen, every single member of the body of Christ has been given a gift from God's great variety of spiritual gifts, and every member of the body of Christ has a function we just don't have the same function so what does Paul go on to say then he says let us use them let us use them if if all we do in these lessons is convince you that you have some kind of gift some kind of talent, skill, propensity, aptitude. Uh, if all we do is convince you that you have it, but we don't encourage you to use what you have, then we've really only done half of our job. Uh, we want you to put into practice uh, serving others, loving others, encouraging others, um, you know, all those things. I want to take a minute and share with you, I've accumulated over several years, uh, some of the statements by, to me, some of the greatest men and women of God uh, that have ever lived. And um, these individuals have been, you know, senior statesmen in the body of Christ. You know, and, and they've talked about the importance of every member of the church making a contribution from what God has put on the inside of them not just being a spectator but being an active participant DL Moody said he said only when the rank and file are enlisted in active service for Christ will his kingdom advance as it ought see we live in in a generation that is very celebrity and very entertainment oriented. So people are used to going to the movie theater and sitting and enjoying their popcorn and enjoying their soft drink and just watching and being entertained. And unfortunately, some people carry that movie theater mentality into church. You know, I'm just here to be entertained. I'm here for them to put on a good show. I I hope they play the songs I like. I hope, you know, the pastor preaches a message I want to hear, you know, things of that nature. But that's not what church is. Now, thank God for good worship teams that lead us into the presence of God, but that's not for us to be entertained. Uh, thank God for pastors that teach good messages, but that's not for entertainment. We are to be equipped when we come to church to be able to do something for God and to be able to do something for other people. So D.L. Moody had it right when he said that. Another statement by Moody, he said if this world is going to be reached i am convinced that it must be done by men and women of average talent after all there are comparatively few people in this world who have great talents and see some people think because i can't sing like somebody or i you know i'm not some great orator you know i can't use but god can use The simple people, God can use us because we are a pretty much simple folk and, um, he can use us, uh, just like he used the simple things like the little boys, fish and loaves and, you know, he used Moses rod and, and he used, um. You know, uh, the the widow's oil and, and things of that nature. God loves delighting and using simple things to do wonderful works in the earth. And then Charles Spurgeon made this statement. This is so powerful. He said, we need to have a church in which all the members do something in which all do all they can, in which all are always doing all they can, for this is what our Lord deserves to have from a living, loving people bought with his precious blood. And he went on to say, if he has saved me, I will serve him forever and ever and whatever lies in my power to do for his glory, that shall be my delight to do and to do that at once. Uh, George Washington Carver. Uh, Many people know, well, yeah, that's that guy that made a lot of discoveries about how to use peanuts and all that. Well, yeah, he was a horticulturist and a scientist, but he was also a very godly man. And George Washington Carver said, there is going to be a great spiritual awakening in the world. And it is going to come from plain, simple people who know not simply believe, but actually know that God answers prayer. This is going to be a revival of true Christianity. It is going to rise from the layman, uh, from men who are going about their work and putting God into what they do, from men who believe in prayer and who want to make God real to mankind. Charles Price, one of the early pioneers of the Pentecostal movement in the 20th century said, laymen, that just means regular church believers. He's not just talking about you know, the preachers. He said laymen will be his most important channel, not the clergy or the theologians or the great gifted preachers, but men and women with ordinary jobs in the ordinary world. Do you notice some of these men are talking about really taking our Christianity and making it alive in the workplace? You know, we're not just to shine for Jesus when we come to church, uh, but we're to be his representatives, you know, 24 7. And that is part of what it means to uh, not be a spectator. Type of Christian. Uh, Mordecai Ham, he's the guy that led Billy Graham to Jesus. Um, He said, God gave me a revelation of the last days. It is the layman that will reach the world. And A. W. Tozer said, It is a rare church whose members all put their shoulder to the wheel. The typical church is composed of the few whose shoulders are bruised by their faithful labors and the many who are unwilling to raise a blister in the service of God and their fellow man. You may not be able to preach like somebody or sing like somebody, but we can all love, encourage, give, uh, just You know, make ourselves available, make people feel welcome, uh, demonstrate the love of God through word and action. Uh, God is wanting to take all of us and turning uh, all of us into full-time servants and full-time representatives. And that doesn't mean we leave our secular uh, places of employment and so on. It means we shine right where we are. We bloom right where we're planted. Um, And then one final uh, thing that we want to do before we close out is we want to look at what Paul said... Uh, When he said, uh, as we identify these different functions that we have, he said in verse 6 of Romans chapter 12, again, new living here. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And then he says in verse 7, he talks about teaching. If you are a teacher, teach well. And then in verse 8, he says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Some translations use the word exhortation there. Um, The modern translations say encouragement. And then verse 7 also says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. And and other translations translate that word serving ministry. But the problem is that in our day and age, we think of ministry as preaching. But really, biblically... Uh, Preaching could be a form of serving, but so could so many other things that have nothing to do with preaching or teaching from the pulpit. Uh, Serving, we need to move some chairs. We need to paint some walls. uh, We need to take some food over to somebody who's needing some food taken to them. Much of serving is completely uh, disconnected from preaching and teaching. And then he said giving. Giving. If your gift is giving, give generously in verse 8 and also he said leading if God has given you leadership ability take the responsibility seriously and then he says mercy if God has if you have a gift for showing kindness to others do it gladly so Paul has listed 7 items here Uh, let's just go over them he talked about prophecy he talked about teaching he talked about exhortation or encouragement he talked about ministry or serving he talked about giving he talked about leading and he talked about mercy and I think it's really important here to remember what Peter said see Peter just gave us two categories he said do you have the gift of speaking And do you have the gift of serving? So verbal, nonverbal, different ways that people serve God. Paul. Basically, without saying two categories, he actually gives us seven here, but really most of these will fit in one or two of those, and actually a couple of them have a little bit of overlap. Let's just take these for example, and, and as you're sitting there, and I mention these, uh, just think, you can even say out loud to one another is this does this fit Peters category of speaking or does this fit Peters category of serving helping others so we take first of all prophecy and I think we have to acknowledge prophecy is verbal it involves speaking something um, uh, Paul in first Corinthians chapter 14 says that when we prophesy we are speaking unto people For three basic reasons, edification, to build them up, exhortation, which means to call them near to God, and comfort, you know, which means to release the peace of God, the comfort of God into their life you know a lot of people will say yeah I want this one to be mine and they think that that means that every time they're in church they get to give some kind of public you know type of thing and you know what every church has different house rules Uh, you know I've been in churches where some people it's kind of a free-for-all and even people from the outside come in nobody's ever known this person seen this person has any idea who they are and they just want to show up at church and you know drop the bomb I have a friend who calls them drive-by prophets," and they don't have any accountability you know the Bible says that when it comes to public ministry to know those who labor among you and um so really it's not a very wise thing to just have people randomly and arbitrarily you know getting getting up and trying to give words and things like that and most churches will have some kind of you know scenario where you know you you share that privately with somebody and they say yes you can give this or no you can't I'm not I, I Every church has some different expectations and understandings and house rules. But prophecy was not meant just to be a carte blanche that anybody can take over a service anytime they want. And I personally believe that much of what really happens in this real element of prophecy doesn't have to be public it doesn't have to be religious sounding it doesn't have to involve "Yea, thus saith the lord my little children i say unto thee and all, king james english in a different tone of voice you know i think probably in many churches there's a lot of people that just they just feel led to share a loving encouraging word with somebody uh that builds them up encourages them And it can be really simple, but they're just inspired by the spirit to speak a word of encouragement to somebody. And they don't have to dress it all up religiously and, you know, say, God told me to tell you, you know, things like that. So um, we're kind of out of time for this session. But when we come back, we're going to look at the rest of these and talk about how God wants to use us in different ways at different times, and that we'll have different uh, inclinations based on a grace that God has put in our heart from which we serve one another. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Such an honor to sit under Reverend Tony Cook's ministry. Such an excellent teacher, and I know that we all receive such great revelation from his teaching. And so I also want to encourage you, as wonderful as his teaching is, as much as we get out of it, again, for those of you who are watching online, we want to invite you to come because there's something really special that happens in the group, and there's amazing connection. So before we break into our small groups, we do want to say goodnight to our online audience, and we want you to know that the discussion questions are available online for you. You can go to our Heart of the Bay Dot org website and click on the small group rotating header and you'll find them there. And so thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pastors Mark and Brenda will be in the house. God bless you and good night.